This morning's reading is taken from Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, and can be found on page 1042 of the Church Bibles. That's Luke, chapter 10, starting at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Before we uh, look at this passage, um, then let, let me pray for us. Dear Lord, I pray that as we look at this conversation, um, that you would teach us from it, uh, that we would learn from you and be better able to follow you. Amen. Um, So we begin a new series uh, this Sunday. Uh, Over the last seven Sundays, many of you know, we've been following a series looking at God's word and uh, and different aspects to it. the living word, sorry, the life-giving word. <clears throat> and I wanted, I was thinking about the, the introduction, I wanted to say the importance of God's word, but I'm thinking that doesn't cover it, does it? It's a bit like saying breathing is important. It is vital, isn't it? It's central to life. The whole universe was created by the word, by God's word. We are given life through God's word, this new life, this eternal life. The very message we uh, share is God's word. So I'm not going to try and summarize it, but here's from John 5, which uh, was a reading uh, last week. Uh, This is verse 24, and Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Well, we now begin a new series Um, hearing God in a noisy world and today a right posture Um, and this is over three weeks and and we are looking in the sense of how Christians should respond to God's work you could say in a sense that it's uh, an application of of, uh, what we've learned before and it, it is a very noisy world isn't it I mean not in the sense that you can hear the M3 noisy I mean noisy in the sense that there are many different voices clamoring for our attention. Ideas and opinions thrown at us all the time. That may be through the media, through uh, online platforms. Uh, and there seems to be an expanding range of ways in which people can reach you and try and influence what you think. For I have uh, noticed recently, I don't know about you, that how many films and dramas uh, have a sort of underlying agenda. They want to steer you or uh, educate you, as they might think, into certain ways of thinking. 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I find it chilling the, the, the way the version, if you like, of what's happening in Ukraine has been uh, told to the people of Russia. As one writer put it, Putin's alternative universe. Now, I find it harder physically to hear when there's a lot of other noise going on. It's hard to give your attention to one thing. And uh, as Christians, we need uh, to spend time to hear God better, that one thing. Well, we're going to look at this passage. And uh, if uh, in your Bibles you see that somebody's given it the heading, At the Home of Martha and Mary. It just struck me as sounding like a 60s television program. <laughs> but this story is, in fact, so relevant uh, to us, as I hope you'll see. So we've got um, four points um, that we're going to look at, and it's on the sheet you've got there. Conversations on the way, getting distracted, where the distraction, distractions lead, and Mary has chosen what is better. So we're looking first, then, at uh, conversations on the way, and it's verse 38. Um, I'm going to read that to you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. It's significant that Luke says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way. It's not just that they happened to be passing and dropped in on Martha. They were on a particular journey. In chapter 9, verse 51 Luke records, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And from that point on, Luke records the events in Jesus' life in the form of a journey to Jerusalem. Records the encounters with very many different individuals. And what happens is we are listening in on their conversations Last year, uh, so it's interesting that we're recommending a Lent book uh, this year, but last year we looked at a book by Sinclair B. Ferguson, and uh, he took us through these chapters of Luke and uh, invited us to come on a journey too over Lent. And what we see in those chapters is Jesus the teacher teaching the way to be a Christian, to follow him on the journey. So we read, Martha opened her home to him. Martha and Mary are mentioned also in John's Gospel, uh, where this account isn't mentioned. Uh, and that records that they lived in a place called Bethany, so that's the village here, which is about two miles outside Jerusalem. And they also had a brother called Lazarus. But Luke says that it's Martha that opens her home to him. Uh, just as an aside, if you want to... Uh, uh, learn a bit more about Martha and Mary. Uh, Martha doesn't come out very well from this story, but in John 11 you learn a little bit more about how she became a great disciple of Jesus. So Martha opened her home to him. Maybe it was that she was the oldest of, of the family. Maybe that she was the one that run domestic affairs, that seems clear. Hospitality. She saw it at her responsibility. In fact, the name Martha means lady or mistress of the house. So what I'm driving at here is that hospitality shown to these guests would be very important to her. Furthermore, actually, the hospitality that we're talking about here is the Jewish hospitality. It's not, you know, would you like a glass of water? It's the hospitality that Jesus and his disciples 
or so rather told his disciples, that they must rely on when they went out, when he sent out the twelve. They weren't to take anything, they were to rely on Jewish hospitality. Similarly, when the 72 were sent out a little bit after that, and a little bit before this account. So there is really a real expectation on Martha as she opens her home to Jesus. And who knows how many disciples? Presumably not 72. So bearing that in mind, let's look at what happens next. So my second point, getting distracted, which is verses 39 to 40. And again, I'll read that. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. In some ways, this is a scenario that is... Uh, worked out in, in homes all around the world, I would imagine. And some of it you may relate to, where guests come to your house and somebody sits down with them and chats with them. Somebody else is working like crazy trying to get uh, their drinks, food, and so on. So perhaps it's a bit um, interesting, puzzling, that Luke should describe Martha as being distracted. Because, you know, I mean, isn't that a bit unfair? I mean... She doesn't need, um, I mean, she doesn't, she needs to be serving guests. I mean, that's, a, that's her role that we just looked at. And uh, that's what she should be doing. It might even be argued, actually, if you're looking at things from Martha's point of view, that Mary is the one who's being distracted here from her duties as host. These are her guests as well. In my house, it's often me that actually sits with the guests and work, Sue, who works in the kitchen. Maybe that's because I'm actually not much help in the kitchen, apart, apart from making tea. And it'd probably be far better if, for everybody concerned if I'm kept well out of it. But we need to consider here for a minute uh, what it means to be distracted, exactly. Maybe in your school report it says, this person is easily distracted. Mean, meaning you spend time looking out the window, drawing pictures on your math book, sticking your tongue out at somebody. In other words, wasting your time doing things which actually you don't need to be doing and are not productive at all, rather than applying yourself to what actually you should be doing. Of course, you don't have to go to school to be distracted. I mean, you can be working at home and there's loads of things, aren't there? Making a cup of tea, listening to the news, watching a fence get blown down. Whenever I sit down to write something, like this talk, for example, uh, there are always no end of things that will distract me. But I want us to note something important just here for a moment, that we can be distracted by loads of things. But other things that distract us, or you or me, always unproductive. It may often be that we are quite good things to be doing but not just the best things. Maybe you know that you really ought to pop around to the neighbour and see how they are, but you've got this important job to do in the garden and you've been meaning to do it for ages, so you do that job instead. Well, if Martha is being distracted here, then it's not by doing something that is unimportant. And in many ways, that is the problem. 
The implication in the verse here is, is that Martha uh, has made this hospitality thing rather more than it, she needs to. She's sort of got over-elaborate with it. And she works herself up to a frenzy, as people are wont to do. The more she sees Mary there sitting, just chatting, not doing what Martha thinks she ought to be doing, the more she gets worked up. Here I am working like a maniac and you're sitting there chatting. You can imagine her rushing about the place, getting more and more agitated, chopping the onion within an inch of its life. She is doing something good. She is serving the Lord. And to her, it has become the most important thing. More important than what Mary is doing. So Martha loses it, loses it big time. So that's my third point. Where the distractions lead. The second bit of verse 40. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. She came to him, Luke says. And you can imagine that, can't you? Hands on hips, standing over her sister, angry with both of them. So she then does three things. First of all, she accuses Jesus. Lord, don't you care? Secondly, she accuses Mary. My sister, you can just imagine her spitting that one out. My sister has left me to do the work by myself. But she isn't finished yet. Thirdly, she then tells Jesus what he ought to do. Tell her to help me. It's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? But we need to consider for a moment here how it has come to this. She is calling him Lord, but she is not treating him as Lord. But I have seen this kind of thing, maybe you have too, this kind of problem in churches over the years. Where someone has this particular thing that they think is important, it's maybe their role, and they believe it's a good thing, but that it's being overlooked, that it's not given the attention that it ought to be given. Maybe it's the fabric of the church, maybe it's the music, maybe it's the care of the God, maybe it's just the ideas they have for house groups. But just as I'm saying that and listing those things, I'm conscious that that could give you the impression that this is talking about small issues and uh, it's talking about just losing a bit of perspective. But this is not a small issue, what's going on here. Because it's about how we stand, our posture, as the title says, in relation to the vital place of hearing God's word, of listening to him. So let's consider for a moment what Jesus' response is to Martha. And that's my fourth point. Mary has chosen what is better. Verses 41 to 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will be not taken from her. So Jesus' response is very gentle here, isn't it? 
He repeats her name. He's calming her. And he's showing concern for her. He's concerned about what it is that has caused this outburst. He doesn't give her a lecture on uh, not losing your temper or on getting your priorities right. But he goes to the root of the problem here. He said, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Some commentators have thought the one thing refers to the catering. So you shouldn't have gone to all the trouble. A sandwich would have been okay. <laughs> the one thing, though, I think is quite clearly referring to what Mary has chosen to sit and listen to his teaching. In the process of serving him, Martha has actually lost sight of Jesus. She's doing things for him rather than being with him, listening to him. So gently but firmly, Jesus puts Martha straight. Mary has chosen what is better. And Jesus is not about to take that away from her. He's not about to tell her to go and help her sister. He is saying that it is better that she sit at the, his feet and learn from her than to work in the kitchen. The exact opposite of what Martha thinks and is rather forcefully saying. Just as an aside, Jesus saying that would have been an incredibly shocking thing to say in the day. For the Jews thought that it would be wholly wrong for a woman to sit at the feet of a rabbi and learn from him. To be in the kitchen is exactly what they thought she should be doing. Jesus disagrees. But that's not the main point. He's saying this is true of all people. So I want us to consider for a moment... In what way is it that Mary has chosen the better thing? First know that Jesus is not saying that what Martha is doing is of no value. He's not saying that. Serving others uh, is praised by Jesus as being exactly what we ought to be doing. He says he himself has come to serve and we should do the same. But it's not the better thing. So let us apply this to ourselves by comparing what happens here in Martha's home to what happens with the lives of Christians within Christian churches today. What leads to this angry outburst of Martha's is an attitude, an approach, a stance in relation to God's word. Many Christians, like Martha, take up different works of service, don't they? You and I do. Where they see a need or perhaps they're asked to do it, they get involved and they concentrate their effort on those things. Social action, maybe food banks, helping the homeless, those on the margins of society. Running lunch clubs, youth groups, they're endless. And you can see that these things are good things to be involved in, and they are. But where that goes wrong is when people begin to elevate those things, those roles, above where they should be. I guess maybe they feel us, make us feel a bit important somehow, maybe even justified. 
Martha thought the thing that she was doing should take precedence over Mary listening to Jesus. So easily we can get to imagining that what we are doing is something that is somehow more vital or relevant to the culture in which we live. So slowly we begin to let go of spending time listening to Jesus' teaching as if somehow that were of less importance than the important job that we are doing to help other people. But in point of fact, we are letting go of the word of life itself. The very source of the church's power and life. The motivation that will keep us going when things get tough. When our human weakness and the evil one tells us that it's all futile anyway. I hope my explanation is sort of making some sense to you about this. Because it then goes deeper. This then led Martha to the point where she actually corrects Jesus. She corrects the word. She's imagining that he doesn't care. And so directs him as to what actually he ought to do. This is then the next stage in the stance that we take um, when we begin to see the good works as being more important than listening to him. When Martha came in, as Luke puts it, she would have been standing, standing over her sister and Jesus. So instead of sitting and listening to his teaching, she and we can then stand in judgment over it. And there is a real temptation here, I believe. We can get so carried away with the important work that we are doing, we imagine somehow that we care more than Jesus does. Don't you care? So begin to think that to address the problems of today, be up to date, we need to seek to change how scripture is interpreted or just conclude that it must be wrong. There are Christians and churches today who have gone down that route who are trying to bring God's word in line with what the world thinks rather than the other way around. So this account of Martha and Mary reveals an important human truth for us. We need to think carefully about the position we take with Scripture, Jesus' teaching. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Even in the business of serving him, we must remember, always remember, that to humbly listen to what he says is the better way. Our posture then, should always be to sit at the Lord's feet, listening to him. Only then can we truly serve him. Only then will we actually follow him. Let's pray for a moment. Dear Lord, I pray that you will help us to always make time to spend with you and your word. And when we do so, that we would do it with an attitude to humbly learn from you, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.